0: Welcome to Miss Sides and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir.
1: I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama basketball cast.
0: Yeah, and I have a very harrowing information to give to you, Aaron, and the audience. Uh-oh. You know. um, it's a very important announcement. Uh, they changed the title of the previous episode. What? It's no longer howl Oween. It's now Halloween 2.
1: Uh, that's better,
0: <laughs> I think. I mean... It, yeah, was there another ev- other but, episode
1: but, called but, Halloween?
0: Yeah, yeah, like the, 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 the I think that was the episode. where... Oh, like the
1: three stories. Yeah, where where, where Veronica, Veronica a man. burned
0: burned a man alive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I mentioned that in. I said you might think there was another episode called howl Halloween, but this is called howl Halloween. <laughs> but it feels like they're gaslighting us. The the episode was called Oween. Yeah, we 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 did it. We talked about it, and now it's Halloween two. Come on.
1: That's why they took a week off.
0: <laughs> so we would forget. <laughs> so we'd forget but, that they had a weird title for it.
1: But Riverdale, we don't forget. I do we remember. We never forget and we never forgive. I do remember
0: seeing online it being called Halloween 2. So I wonder if it used to be called How- howl And then that information, like that was like a working title that got transmitted to Netflix. And then Netflix never changed it. <laughs> Probably. Oh, terrible.
1: Uh, this is quite the news though what a thing to learn today today of all days june 25th
0: Yep, yep that is the day (laughs) that is the day uh so this i mean it's a fine episode though it is quite possibly very confusing things just kind of happen
1: yeah i will have to admit as i sat down to watch this episode and the first voiceover happened I forgot how the last episode ended.
0: Oh, yes. Because um, we do start with a bit of a flashback before we get to the tragedy that is <laughs> the Bulldogs, I guess, falling off a short bridge. <laughs> I mean, they did fall into water. They definitely. did fall it off a bridge is, into it is, water. It is clear that they were underwater and Reggie, like, supermaned them. But, <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I'm... There's times in this episode where I'm impressed they didn't take the most dramatic choice. Uh, and I, I don't know if I want to criticize them for that. Because you don't always have to take the most dramatic choice. So if you're doing a melodrama, you do. That's yeah. the rule. If well- you
1: And I feel like like this season of Riverdale, they have become very aware of what they are. So to see them pull back was like a little odd. Yeah.
0: To instead like do things where I'm like, oh, no, here's a a kind of a reasonable thing that's going on. I know you're setting up other stuff, but you didn't take the most dramatic. Uh, It does feel like though. So we know you've mentioned it, um, though. And though I do always believe him a liar. uh, (laughs) It's not going to take place all in the 1950s. No, we
1: have been told at some point it won't be the 1950s. I,
0: I honestly think it's going to be like the last three episodes, boom. Suddenly they have to deal with all this other nonsense. Oh, probably. But it does feel like they've entered the speedrun stage.
1: <laughs> they're just churning through storylines. Yeah, they're like, oh, we
0: got to hit all these. We forgot. <laughs> it's like when you're writing out text on a... Uh, banner, and you're like, I think I got this sized out correctly, and you're like, oh no, I don't. It's so well, yeah. too short or too long.
1: So this is episode 12. Yeah. I think typically they have about 20 episodes.
0: Yeah.
1: It's variable. Yeah. But it's like they realize they're like, oh no.
0: Yeah. Oh, only eight more. <laughs> oh god, we gotta do we gotta do all these things now. Like,
1: e- even if this is like a 2000s OC length yeah. season,
0: they're halfway through. Man, I really wonder what the writer's strike is gonna do to this show. I, I really hope they have, like, the thing is that.
1: Yeah, how uh, much did they have in the can?
0: Yeah, because, and, and it's not fair. Like, even this show, I, there's a lot of jerks out there who was like, well, the shows are bad. Who cares about the Like, they still, like, even he, here's a fun fact even if you write a bad show, you still deserve to get paid a living wage. Um, but, and
1: we should be, like, considerate of the constraints that are put on these people. Like, oh, it's they churn it, out these scripts quickly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They, they should <laughs> Too commu- quickly, it feels yes, like. Yes. They
1: should communicate with each other more and maybe have a little bit more time. But... Yeah,
0: but, but the thing is, I don't necessarily blame the writers for that. Nope. Um Because we're not there. We don't know the specifics. It's a miracle anything gets made in this current environment. Uh, but... Man, it because it wouldn't be fair because they had one that was cut off weirdly by COVID. COVID, and now if they have their final season like hamstrung by uh by writer strike, I'm just hoping that they got them all written to a point
1: that you could run the script
0: that they could run the script. They won't they won't be able to have writers on there. No, they won't um, be able to can, get rewrites. Yeah, you can still technically have the actors improvise. They must have one like Quantum of Solace. Yeah. Um.
1: And I mean, some of these actors know their characters pretty well. However, some of these actors are poor Charles Melton playing a different version of Reggie. Yeah,
0: well, let's meet this different version of version of Reggie (laughs) Uh, because this is Riverdale season seven, episode twelve, after the fall. After the fall.
1: So this episode starts with a Jughead voiceover, as many episodes are wont to do.
0: And as many episodes. It kind of makes sense.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know what Jughead is writing now.
0: Yeah, so this is the story of two teenage boys. Well, they're similar. It's Archie and Reggie. They live under one house, and they like to go jogging in the morning. But Arch, but Reggie warms up for basketball. And Archie
1: runs, warms up for a pen and paper.
0: Which is, I'm just going to say it's weird, because this, that's a lie. this episode is about Archie learning that maybe he likes to write poetry, and also that's not a thing that was set up before so it is weird to be like actually they warm up for different reasons like I knew he write, po- he wrote poems yeah but I didn't realize that, that was going to be like his, his thing. thing
1: especially because it has been Clay's thing so recently
0: <laughs> yeah come on Archie that's Clay's thing
1: well it's like the writers were like hey remember season one they aren't poems they're songs yeah but
0: now they are they poems are poems. Because songs is Fangs's thing.
1: That's right. <laughs>
0: and he'll steal Clay's thing. He's only been in this show for one season. But Fangs, come on. No, he
1: respects Fangs. He's known him since season two.
0: But unfortunately, this morning, they couldn't wake up and go for a run together. No. Because today, the Bulldogs crashed off a bridge. And good old Reggie pulled everyone out. <laughs>
1: Every, single, Every bulldog single Bulldog he pulled out of that convertible.
0: <laughs> and I'll say this. They appreciate it.
1: They do appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, um, they
0: they, made, they do a thing later to to be like, well, now Reggie's got everyone on his side. It's like, oh no, I think he, I think these. Guys I think are, when he
1: saved their lives. Yeah.
0: Now the only one who was severely only one. Everyone <laughs> else is sitting in the hallway damp, but Julian was put in a coma.
1: Look, do you think that maybe Reggie purposefully saved, saved Julian last?
0: last? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. They they say he pulled everyone out one by one. There there were four
1: Yeah, bulldog, four or five guys. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think I think Reggie was the fifth. So there was three bulldogs, uh, Julian's a bulldog with yeah. three unnamed bulldogs and Julian and he did it one by one that takes time also I think he was in the passenger seat which, mean-
1: <laughs> which means he went to the back seat and got the rest of the no- still it, jerks but it, less the, jerks
0: the funny thing I can only imagine is also Julian was probably wearing a seatbelt which is why like was Reggie the only one not wearing a seatbelt which is why he floated up to the surface because the I car mean, had maybe. no top <laughs> Carter yeah, Vidal.
1: but he was the only one who escaped. And who is furious about this? No. Oh, Clifford Blossom is sure that because he's a racist, <laughs> Reggie caused that
0: crash. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, here's the thing it's. When it comes down to it, it's not about Clifford being like my son's flawless. It's I. It's not even necessarily about him being racist, though he is very racist. He is. He just like this will cause trouble if my son is the one who drove the bulldogs. Look, like, was out wilding and drove the bulldogs yeah. off the bridge so clearly it was this asian boy's fault
1: and frank's like no it's pretty what? clear by all forensics and all witnesses that julian did drive the car all
0: those boys said that julian drove the car and he's like ah blah, 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 blah. so just be clear this is not Clifford king but anyone other than himself it's true i just want to make that clear to yeah he
1: don't be confused yeah. He doesn't care about Julian.
0: It is funny because there's a moment in this scene with Frank with his big old mustache where I forgot that he's not a cop. But the (laughs) way way he was talking, he's like, well, you know, we heard that uh, it was actually Julian driving. And I'm like, yes, officer. No, wait, you're just the coach of the team.
1: Okay, but the coach from the team has to do this scene because the the one other cop, he's out in that town that is not Riverdale.
0: Probably the same county, though. So... Speaking of not taking the most dramatic thing, they Jughead and Ethel called the cops.
1: Yeah, they called Sheriff Keller. Ethel
0: stabbed a man in the neck. She ran away from the Sisters of of Quiet Mercy. And uh, they called the cops. Which, like, yeah, I mean, this man definitely should not be in this house. Technically, neither should you. But you are a child, and that is a grown man.
1: Yeah, and Sheriff Keller's like, cool, you killed a murderer. (laughs) Oh, well,
0: this is pretty open and shut. And Jughead's like, but... (laughs) What? Who? <laughs> what do you who, mean open and who shut? Who is this man and why did he do a murder, Sheriff and Keller? Sheriff Keller's like, well, we'll figure that out. So I'm like, so it's not open and shut. Even you agree <laughs> you're going to at least do some cursory stuff to figure out who this dead milkman is. <laughs> when
1: Sheriff Keller's like... Well, maybe we have his fingerprints on file back at the. Uh, <laughs> wow.
0: uh, who precinct. knows? Anyway, you gotta go back to the sisters. And he's Jughead's like, no, 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 no. I'm gonna call the best adult I know. So which adult does he call? Well, he calls Molly Ringwald Andrews, but unfortunately, she is for some. She's in her house. Yes, but she, Betty and
1: Miss Cooper are there. No, so he calls Molly Ringwald, and she's like, wait, what?
0: What, Ethel? And then turns over her corner, or corner shoulder, and yeah, there's Betty and Alice.
1: No, there was like a cut scene. She went and got Betty and Alice. I don't
0: think there was a cut scene. I think she just turned, and they were standing there. She's still on the phone. Because then we cut, and they do arrive later, but they are there while she's on the phone.
1: Maybe they came over because of the car crash.
0: I mean, that would make sense. Uh, Though... Whenever I see Alice and Betty together during this current, like, you are not my daughter stage.
1: I know. It's like, um, yeah, so, is she though, Alice?
0: Yeah. So then uh, when Ethel goes there, they uh, they kind of talk about it. And what they decided is that Ethel is going to once again stay with the Coopers. And
1: Jughead says, no. Oh. She sent him. She sent Ethel to Sisters of Quiet Mercy. And Alice
0: is like, no, no, no. That was Mr. Cooper's idea. And once again Molly Ringwald will sleepwalk through this this episode until she decides it's time to actually be a good human being.
1: That's Molly Ringwald Andrews in a nutshell though. Like, like she can ignore her ability to ignore things is like <laughs> like nothing else it is unmatched.
0: She's like I don't want to do anything until it becomes so not even no, you know what? No, nothing even cues her. It's like I gotta ignore things until forty minutes are done in the episode. Like <laughs> she's sh- like she's like su- she's like Superman in a badly written movie where he's just like, well, he just can't do anything until the end of the <laughs> movie.
1: Molly Ringwald Andrews is too powerful, so we have to restrain her powers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she's like, oh man, I'd love to, but I just got this kryptonite, can't mm. do anything. Uh, but <laughs> we move over here to think to uh, Archie, where he's just sort of like. Thinking about how Reggie saved everyone's lives,
1: and Reggie's like, "Dude,
0: come on, man!
1: I am an Asian boy who your town bought to pay on the basketball team. If I didn't save all of those white guys, they would kill me for killing the white guys. Even
0: if I even just didn't save one, they would definitely blame me for it. Hell, I saved all of them, and, and they're, they're still, still, blaming still blaming me, me, for, me for it." it. And Archie's like, "Oh yeah, racism." Jeez. Oh, uh, in the most clear thing that I that I guess as soon as <laughs> as soon as Alice Cooper was like, oh yeah, we'll take Ethel back. Alice has repl- is using Ethel to make Betty jealous,
1: <laughs> and Betty buttons <laughs> onto it immediately. Betty's
0: like, what are he's like, oh no, I'm gonna drive Ethel to school, Hey, here's a big breakfast. Ethel. <laughs> Ethel's like, yeah,
1: and Betty's like. My mom's trying to make me jealous with another daughter. What is wrong with her?
0: (laughs) Veronica, I'm having a problem. And then Veronica goes, "Mm, I understand. I'm having a worse problem. Make this about me.
1: So your mom's trying to make you jealous. And I know what crummy moms are like because mine locked me out of my place to live.
0: I just feel like Veronica could take it any time to be a little bit more of like, yes, Betty. But instead, she's immediately like. Well, hold on a second. My problems. I let you, I'd let i let you stay with me, but unfortunately, I'm not living at the Pembroke anymore. I'm staying at the, ba- the Babylonium. And Betty's like, oh, huh. cool,
1: cool. Your problems seem hard. Wait,
0: wait, your house is empty?
1: Why don't we, we just, break just break into your, into your house? Your house?
0: <laughs> I've done it many times now. And so has Jughead, though I don't really know. No, no I don't really know about that. Tabitha did it with him. Yeah, Tabitha did yeah. that. But when, when someone's not in their house, you can just go there. Go there. there. Though, Though that's apparently the situation was in before Veronica lived there. Just Smithers.
1: I think Smithers has like a closet he lives in outside of the apartment.
0: I think Smithers... Smithers is for the building. Yes. Yes. He's for the building. And in, in
1: the 1950s, he's for the building. I think
0: even before he was for the building, I think the building is owned by the lodges. So they have the... Um, penthouse, but I, I do imagine they sell all the other ones and, like, collect fees from them. I would think so. Fees, it, rent. It, it makes more... Uh, I mean, if they were actually just, bo- just selling oh, that's true. to just people, like, they could just be... Yeah, condo um, fees. Yeah. Because, uh, I I mean, they could be terrible landlords. <laughs> they could sense.
1: be lords. We don't um, know.
0: But that makes more sense for, like, real-world... Yes. Lodges. This one's where they're like, we are highly paid and successful actors in Hollywood. It just feels, not saying they can't own real estate. It, it, I'll admit this to you. It does feel more and more like they did live in this town before. I'm the still show so is, weird about it. The
1: show is being vague about it. But considering how easy it is for every oh, single mom in this town, later to call Alice Hermione will Lodge, just
0: call Hermione. So yeah, I yeah. think at the very least Hermione is, is from, from this here. town, and it's in this in which case I will pivot to the fact it's weird they're not confirming it and maybe just assuming we will all just like fill in the blanks. Fill in the blanks. Anyway,
1: anyway, uh, do you remember that progressive English teacher from the first episode where she wanted to talk about racism? <laughs>
0: Turns out she's very progressive, but she does not have a lot of social cues. Nope.
1: She decides to read a poem. I,
0: I want to share a poem that a student wrote that I did not get permission from the student to show, and I will now read it. And it's a
1: deeply personal deeply poem. Deeply personal
0: poem. So per- and it's clearly Archie because Archie is actively uncomfortable. KJ Appa is giving this full on, there's a spider in my pants energy. I,
1: I think KJ Appa loves playing 1950s Archie. Oh, he seems like he's having so much fun this season. It does.
0: It feels like because this Archie is a bit weirder and goofier and they're not trying to take him so seriously, yeah. at the very least, like, or at the very least, KJ Appa is not taking it seriously. Um, I, <laughs> I don't know if the writers are still trying to do this, but he's he's having a time. Why, why would you do this to him? First, as this is going through, so many things are queuing up. First, he says, "Boy, like the the yes." So the so immediately the class is cut in half.
1: Yep. <laughs> and I'll, I'll say, in English class in high yeah. school, like, I was a pretty good English student. I was a pretty yeah. good writer. And I had, like, several times throughout the years where I had essays yeah. where the teacher was like, hey, I want to, like, print this onto a transparency and, like, put it up so I can show it to Let's people.
0: One asked them.
1: Can I do that? Yeah. And of course, I was always like,
0: yes. Yeah. One one asked them. But, like, this is clearly, I'm going off of, because I guess I can is what I can hide behind. Terrible 1950s teacher. Maybe. We've had 1950s yeah. bad dads. She
1: she hasn't thought about <laughs> but then as children it, having autonomy. But
0: then as it goes through, it's like, so what did everyone think of that poem? And they're like, well, I like it. I think it's very good. And Kevin goes, yeah, Clay, it's very good. And Clay's like, yeah, it is. <laughs> I, didn't <laughs> I didn't write, write it. it. And then I'm like, okay, so we're going to leave it at that. And it's just yeah. going to be like, well, someone wrote it. But then the teacher goes. He didn't write it. Archie Andrews did. I'm like, what are you doing? Archie Andrews. You should participate more in class because you have a lot of good it, thoughts. It feels like they're trying to do a dead poet society yes. thing with her with like, oh, captain, my captain. But she just comes off as someone who's like that was a deeply personal poem. And you just it, narked it, on his it, emotional it, feelings. It, he expected you would not share with people. He trusted you.
1: And now he is never, like he's never going to share his poems again. <laughs> you could have
0: broken this poor Boy's spirit. You are no Robin Williams ma'am. Mrs. Thornton I think. Well, well that will uh, haunt Archie uh, (laughs) probably until middle age. Um, (laughs) Well, we're going to temper that with some good news. That was some good news. Oh, confusing news I guess for Archie because Frank as he's talking to his bulldogs he names. There's going to be another captain because Julian is in a coma Yep. and that captain's going to be Archie. I at first thought nepotism. Yep. But nope, it's actually just Clifford being weird about red hair again. <laughs>
1: it's classic blossom nonsense. Classic
0: blossom nonsense. Uh just cause he like I mean, he's a good player, but he How to put this, he's been on the team for like a month.
1: Yeah, and he doesn't care that much about basketball. Yeah. He likes being active and sporty. Yeah. But basketball's like Meh.
0: But all the other players, players are just like, well, we don't have lines.
1: <laughs> it's uh, true. Archie Howard
0: does look at Reggie. He clearly is like, but Reggie. Uh, the Fell twins welcome back Ethel, and they with-
1: love her now. They uh, love that she killed her parents' I, murderer. I, I
0: I do like that they're kind of giving these guys a bit of a thing. Featherhead is clearly not as comfortable with whatever scheme is going on. Yeah, and there is a scheme going oh, on. Oh, clearly. Um, Worthers, I am honestly fascinated by worthers and I do think they're doing a very good job of writing this guy who is a clear hypocrite mm-hmm. and is like because he the, the the line they gave him is like well you've clearly proved your sanity by killing that man <laughs>
1: like, that so good
0: yeah and so like, him being like weird hypocrite is I don't know it's very interesting
1: and so the adults are like no we can just move on and Jack and Ethel are like yes. We can all move on. Surely no one has any further questions about this weird weirdness. Like, well,
0: no, he was a drifter, and he was motivated by the con- the Milkman comic to kill... Like, the- essentially, Werther's is making this part of his pet thing. Yeah. He's politicizing it. Uh, now, Ethel and Jughead are both not buying it, and they're kind of spending this entire scene just being like, mmm.
1: Oh. yes. A drifter <laughs> always kills random people, many people uh, in one town, instead of drifting.
0: Though I... Though... Though, is it is Rayberry not in another town?
1: I thought Seaside was a different town.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like to me that would sound like someone who is drifting. Except, I I would argue that he he, came back. He came back. Yeah, the coming back is the is the one there where he came back for Ethel. Uh, it's like you're in no position to theorize I'm like neither are you you weird yeah. psychi- Child psychiatrist You're a
1: principal and a child psychologist You so, also can't theorize so You're I, not I, d-
0: cops During the scene Featherhead is like aggressively Confused by everything Werther's is doing To the point that I think There was a plan But Werther's is just improvising at this <laughs> point And Featherhead's like uh Yes That's mm, uh huh I
1: agree
0: Come on, get in tune with your twin. Uh,
1: Speaking of twins, I guess, redheads. Sure. Let's sure. sure. say Archie goes to see Frank and he's like, Uncle Frank, why do I have to be the captain? Like, Reggie
0: should be captain, it's, like, it's not my choice, man. It's Clifford really likes you, or he doesn't like Reggie. I
1: don't know, and dude. Just, just
0: leave this one alone. But I will remind you. That you only have one storyline. So let's fit this in. Uh, Dad's Captain Badge.
1: Enjoy. Haha. Archie
0: will not wear it. Archie will, will not, will not, wear, not it wear, it it. wear it. I thought he was going to wear it at the championship game. But I think Frank is just giving him the badge.
1: Yeah. And then Archie never wear. it. He puts it in a drawer in his room and walks away.
0: Did. I, whatever. At some point in the past, Frank got it. Uh, so Betty and Veronica stay uh, like, well. Betty tells her mom, I'm going to save Ronka's apartment, and then they pick, pick the lock into it. Yeah. Which, once again, they reinforce the reason Betty knows how to pick locks is because of the Tracy True handbook. And I love this idea of a book for little girls <laughs> that's just like, here's how to pick high security locks. With here's a bobby to, pin. Here's how to write in code. Here's how to make napalm and destabilize governments. Just girl things. And
1: Betty's like, cool girl things. How quiet do we have to be? And Veronica's like, oh, the apartment's soundproofed, dummy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't clarify that. She just, she just goes like, oh, you can be as loud as you want, just not in the not stairwell. In the hall, eh? And I'm like, this place is too...
1: Okay, it's not ma- good. Okay,
0: maybe mafia. That's too quiet.
1: That's why so many murders could happen in that apartment. That
0: is too quiet of an apartment. You want someone to hear if something goes wrong. Yeah. But I don't know. R- r- weird rich people. Uh. So she Veronica. She Veronica. Veronica. <laughs> uh, she Veronica. She invites Kevin and Clay to like. They're gonna hang out. Because she wants fun
1: boys, not boring boys like Archie and Reggie.
0: Yeah. I don't know when Betty turned on Archie.
1: I know, I thought she was into I thought, him I, I thought at we the end ended, of Halloween. We ended
0: the last episode pretty cool, but now she's, like, weirdly turned on him. All right, uh, so Cheryl is upset, as she always is. But in this case, she's upset because basketball season is continuing. <laughs> While well, her brother's in a coma. I So I feel like, okay, so if they're framing it with, like, Clifford being on the side of, like, basketball and Cheryl being against it. Like, kind of sets it up that maybe you should be like, this is some infinite evil with Clifford doing it. But, like, yeah, basketball season should continue.
1: A school There are school other, will continue. There
0: are other students who need the game, like Reggie, who's using it to get a scholarship, and probably some of the other boys as well. It just reminds me of when Cheryl canceled, what, 4th of July?
1: Yes, <laughs> because
0: her brother was missing. No, dead. This was the dead one.
1: Was he? Fa- I thought he wasn't found dead until Labor Day.
0: Um, no, I'm thinking about this is uh, oh
1: afterward she cancels yes. the next Fourth of July. They, claimed, yes. they
0: they claimed it was happened before, but it was during the um, uh, Fred Andrews uh, memorial death, episode. Yeah, death yes, one, um, that she's canceling Fourth of July. Now, I mean, they, this they, is classic Cheryl. They don't really expand on this, so I don't think we need to think about it too hard. This whole life, Clifford wants it to continue. Cheryl doesn't. I think the scene is no. just.
1: They oh. are trying to set up a Clifford plot, though, because yes. he says that basketball is really important yeah. because a winning team can unite a town and he needs the town to follow him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean. But they'll b- probably b- never b- follow I through mean, on that. We always knew that Clifford was like weird conniving mayor doing things, too. It's it, It's much like that scene with Penelope before where it's like it's just reinforcing Things that we all always always kind of knew, and it is setting up that Cheryl and Clifford are not on the same team, which we also already knew. knew. So it's reinforcing things we already have. But I feel like this episode might have run short for them. And the weird thing about TV shows is
1: it has to be the length it is. Yeah,
0: like like everything has a limit. Where you're like, oh, it's a movie, a certain under a certain runtime, like tracks people, books, TV is so specific on time which means you can't go short you can't go long
1: this has to be a 42 minute episode which is why betty and veronica (laughs) and clay and kevin will perform a musical number from south pacific
0: of all the random musical numbers they've done and this includes the ones that are done actually in a place where musical numbers would happen this one weirdly enough felt the least out of place because like it just reminded me of something that you used to do to yeah. blow up what you used to do as a teenager over the, over the airwaves. I
1: think every teenage girl did this, yeah.
0: you would just like perform things with your friends in the basement so yeah it it was it's a bit more high production value, but it is a TV show, but yeah, if it, it felt like it felt like that well, so. and don't
1: they even show a record playing? like it's yeah. very clear that they are like singing along with
0: yeah, when a I, soundtrack when that I Brunga thought it was just going to be um. Betty and Veronica performing like for Clay and Kevin, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's what you do sometimes. Yeah. You're a bunch of like, you know, weird musically inclined teens. You put on, you t- grab this around your house, you put on your favorite song, you perform that song for your friends. But when they're all in it and then like like sit down and Veronica sings up to a camera on the ceiling.
1: It's, it's a little far. But, but you
0: know what? This one's fine. Uh, what isn't fine is afterwards when they drink rum and... Sh- <laughs>
1: Gab by the fire. No, and Betty
0: says, this rum is so sweet and yummy. And I'm like, that's what a teenager says about rum. Don't. Don't remind me
1: that they're 16. Well, I was going
0: to say, don't, don't describe rum as sweet and yummy. This rum is so sweet and yummy. No, it's not. It burns.
1: Yeah. So for the teenagers who are like hurts. listening to this podcast, alcohol tastes sharp.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's a, it is a sharp drink.
1: So just like be prepared.
0: <laughs> this is setting people up to think it's like, you know, Italian soda. So um, now they're talking a bit about Betty, the whole, like, date they had in the last episode. And Betty is... <laughs> she says, oh, me and Archie kissed, but I don't know. Oh, it seemed like something was percolating with Archie. And we kissed, but then, then I'm like, you saw a murderous milkman and then your mom interrupted? Why are you being coy? It didn't... Did, am I forgetting something
1: you, didn't he, he they saw the murderous milkman he walked but, Betty home yeah
0: and then her mom interrupted them Yeah, I don't but, think but anything the happened
1: was they, they were going to date again
0: yeah I had no implication that that didn't go well but this implication here is that Betty's like and you know what maybe Betty's not feeling it but once again I didn't feel that at the end of the last one I think Betty's just horny <laughs>
1: You know, Betty just wants to make out with whoever will make out with her.
0: Yeah. And then we got a talk that, I mean, I don't know if women talk about this, but it's a lot of dick talk.
1: I don't. I think it would be, like, inappropriate for me to ask my gay friends if they have seen my crush's dick and how big it is. I'm just going to say, I I, I wouldn't put someone in that situation. (laughs) You'd
0: you'd feel that inappropriate. But that is, I mean... To be fair, it's Veronica. I, if, since Veronica brings it up, um, she does have fans about the gym room. I Veronica is also, you know what? These are all teenagers. I'm all these teenagers can be horny. It's They're fine. also
1: very repressed. It's the 1950s. Yeah, uh,
0: and we learned because because it's a TV show, and of course they have to do this. Everyone's got a big dick. Everybody's got. A
1: big but dick. the biggest dick, <laughs> Dilton <laughs> Doily. <laughs>
0: Ha, huh, funny.
1: Ha. Uh, and then they're hung over the next day at the pep rally. Oh, yeah. And they're and g- giggling at Dilton. Giggling at Dilton. The poor boy. <laughs>
0: so, um, this says that the Cheryl was once again threatened by her dad to, like, do this. So she's like, well, let's all say welcome to your new captain. And boy, neither Archie or Cheryl want Archie to be captain. <laughs>
1: nope. No one's happy about this. <laughs> and then the
0: one of the best calls the TV show's ever done, Archie's like, hey, everybody, um, I'm not great with words. Hard cut to a hallway and him just being like, "Oh, jeez." <laughs> so we have no idea what he said, which is better. Is better just to imagine it be like, "I'm not great with words. Goodbye. <laughs> Toucan. Painting. 11 3 red." And then he leaves. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh jeez, and then Miss Dead Poets Society decides to arrive,
1: and she's like, "Hey, buddy, it does suck when you have to do a speech that no one told you you'd do a speech." But
0: hey, you shouldn't feel bad about it, cause like your writing's really good. Maybe you, you you should do that. I'm like, wasn't he always? Oh, like he was already writing poetry. The
1: Jughead he, monologue told us he was doing it all along. That
0: is the thing that gets. It's not the things we saw in the others uh, in the other ones because we did see that he wrote something for.
1: He wrote a poem for Veronica. Yeah,
0: and Betty and Betty and Cheryl. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this seems to imply that he wakes up and goes to write. I mean, he did. It's fine. It's fine. Honestly. Um, it's just her just trying to doing this this kid
1: writing can be just as exciting as basketball for all the nerd kids watching this show writing can be as exciting as basketball don't worry
0: all I was getting was like it's funny that they give Archie these occasional writing storylines but never link him up with Jughead who they have given aggressive writing storylines, too. And I know that poetry and songwriting aren't the same, but there is so much overlap. A lot of the people yeah. that I hang out with who are writers write poetry and write songs. Yeah. So the fact that these these two shall <laughs> these, never intermix. These two best friends. <laughs> who have a very similar interest, just they're like, no... No. No. We, they shouldn't talk. Those aren't the same. Archie has sensitive poetry, and Jughead does, like, weird, actually, he writes a lot of different kinds of things, and also is a detective.
1: So, speaking of that detective, <laughs> he's now best friends with Ethel, Yeah, and he and Ethel go to see Featherstone, who is nope,
0: just- Fieldstone.
1: Oh, yeah, Fieldstone, sorry. <laughs> Featherhead oh and Fieldstone. <laughs> um, go to see F- Fieldstone.
0: <laughs> and once again, impressed by Ethel murdering a man, <laughs> <laughs> Ethel- I for a while, I'm like, Ethel, I feel like she should be a bit more perturbed by this. And you know what? They do put that up later. Yeah. Gee, and I feel like maybe this is just her just being like, yeah, no, everything's fine. I got vengeance.
1: Yeah. I, I'm fine. This is what I wanted. Yeah, yeah.
0: She's not. Spoiler. She's not fine. No. She needs to get her trauma out. Uh, but they um, want to do a sequel.
1: Yes. So the Milkman comic, one of the best-selling comics that uh, pop comics has ever had. Yeah
0: doesn't want to do a sequel to The Milkman Cometh, but even Mister Philstone's like, no, <laughs>
1: dude. Uh, people are writing editorials about me all the time. Yeah, Let's not stoke the fire. Yeah,
0: he's and he's kind of right. He's like, correct. He has a lot of heat on specifically his comics right now. And the official story, even if it is very obvious weird bunk, um, is that that a drifter was motivated by the comic to be to be the Milkman killer. So maybe just don't do a sequel. Right now. Right now. (laughs) Uh, But they're like, you know, they're not happy about that. They're not happy about about that. that. Uh, Hey, for the first time ever, let's go to the only store in town that they had to redress.
1: Okay, so this is insane. Veronica has been cut off by her parents. Yeah. Betty and Veronica go to Molly Ringwald Andrews' store to buy dresses, and then they charge them to the Pembroke. I
0: don't... I don't think they charge them to the Pembroke. I think they tell her to send them to the Pembroke. So
1: how are they paying for these dresses?
0: I assume that Veronica got a bit of money from running the Babylonium. I think we learned it is, at this point, somewhat successful. She does technically have a job. And we haven't had any more things that her she's actively struggling. So maybe she has enough to get a couple dresses
1: I just, I think I, I, it's insane for her to send them to oh, the Pembroke.
0: No, no, no. Yeah, that's what I want to get on. It's insane that she's like, send him to the Pembroke. I'm like, but you're secretly staying there. Yeah. How are you going to pick those up?
1: Send them to your workspace. Yeah,
0: and then bring them to the Pembroke. And this apparently will cue Molly Ringwald Andrews to make a wild leap in logic and just blame it on Mother's intuition. Which, yeah.
1: Because sure. they're sending both the dresses, Veronica's dress and Betty's dress.
0: He's like, oh, wait you're you're not not to your house like i'm staying at the the Pembro- and the, this could just be her sleeping over
1: yeah maybe they want the dresses maybe they're getting ready together to go to the well, basketball party yeah
0: but mm, there's molly senses something weird here uh hey we got to check in with another dead guy <laughs> so
1: Brent Weston <sighs> Wallace
0: yes <laughs> Who they will just call Weston Wallace in this one. But it's clearly that guy. It's Brett. Yeah. They have stolen the mascot. But they've stolen the mascot by sitting outside with the mascot on the back of the car. And them just staring at the bulldogs. Being and like, being like, hey, We got this dog. Give that bag. It's like a brass statue. Yeah. Of like a bulldog. <laughs> it was like.
1: And then they're like, Yeah, I, mean, I hey, guess you don't Rick. want to have a
0: fight, but it is funny that you're just like, Hey, we stole your mascot. Standing two feet away. It's
1: like, Keep away.
0: And they stand there for quite a while. Weston outside the car. Just, just shouting
1: about how poor Riverdale is. Yeah.
0: Oh, you know that Reggie chokes in the finals. I love that they never do that. They never like have even the hint that Reggie will choke because he didn't choke. Y'all were racist yeah. to him. He quit because you were <laughs> he racist. He quit because you were racist. But to him being like, ah, he chokes. And they no-sell it is fantastic.
1: And speaking of not choking, Reggie then puts together a clinic about all the weaknesses of all of his ex-teammates. Yeah,
0: I would argue that this is a bit more like coaching and not so much as being a captain. Yeah. And also that he only can do this because he has inside knowledge on the team. But he does do it with a lot of confidence enough to be like, yeah, you know what? Archie could look at this and be right. like, yeah, he really is the better coach. Well,
1: And the thing <laughs> he does right is he knows who of his teammates is right to do which yes, task. Yes.
0: And that is a bit more of a like a that's captain like a leader, thing. Leadership yeah. thing. Uh, and so, you know, it's Reggie and Archie and they head off and Archie's just more like, hey, so once again, you're real good at basketball. And like, you like it. And I'm just not sure if it's my passion.
1: I'm standing in the way of your dreams. And then Reggie's like, dude, well, what is I your... don't have dreams. I have plans.
0: So what is your passion? Oh, I, I can't tell you. It'll bring me great shame. <laughs> That's <laughs> the feeling I got here.
1: It's true. Um, meanwhile, Ethel can only draw the milkman because Ethel is tired of people telling her how she feels and what she did. Yeah. And she wants to tell her own story. I'm like,
0: yeah. Yeah. I was worried that they were just going to have Ethel be like, kill the man, doesn't affect me at all. Kill the man who killed my parents, doesn't affect me at all. But she clearly does have, they didn't have to have her come out and be very obvious about it. But clearly, yeah, she can only draw the milkman because she's traumatized by both yeah. him killing her parents, no one believing her, uh, her killing him, and still no one believing her. It, it's it, it's good. It's good. And our Jughead's like, Okay, we'll figure this out. Don't worry. Uh, we're going um, to check in with Veronica and Betty.
1: Okay, so they're like painting each other's nails. And talking and
0: they, about their mom, Talking about
1: like good memories, then when things turn bad. And we learned
0: that Polly, we're confirmed. We did hear about this earlier. It was reminding us that Polly left town after she turned 18.
1: And Betty's worried that she's adopted because she's not like anyone else.
0: I, I think it's like a half-hearted worry. Same thing yeah, with, so. with Veronica. It's like, I'm just so different. What if I'm adopted? And Veronica's like, what if I'm a mistake? We should never be our parents. And, and then, then they that, have a little pinky. And then that somehow transitions into kissing girls. And yeah,
1: I'm not real thrilled about this. It
0: feels... I'll tell you, and I'll tell you why it feels about this. Because doesn't it feel like they're just speed running through ships?
1: Yeah, this is queer baiting.
0: Like, like I... It's... Well, yes, but also... It all of like both Betty and Veronica have just sped run through every single ship. They, yeah, we, every we, single we combination. Had, we had Veronica and Jughead, then we had Veronica and Reggie, then we had Veronica and Archie, and then we had we had Betty and Archie, and we had Betty and Reggie, and we
1: even had Betty and Kevin, which yeah. I'm sure is in fanfics.
0: Yeah. So there's just be right, and now we have Veronica and Betty, and like they're just. I think it's noteworthy to mention. That only Veronica and Betty are getting ship speed runs and we're not seeing Archie like he yes he did hit both he did like kind of hit Cheryl and the, and yeah. Veronica and Betty but like we've seen those so much but he's not like hitting Reggie.
1: Well, and so that's the thing, because the show is so bad at like understanding how friendships can develop. yeah. and I think that's why I'm like mad about this. Like, why can't Betty and Veronica just have a close relationship? and and, like, there's a thing and l- love each other without it being a ship.
0: yeah, and there's a thing where, um, I do think we're getting kind of the thing these days where a lot of people are pushing back really hard against romance. So like, I, I am glad something is just like putting it all out there. Like There's a lot of where it's like, well, why does it have to be a romance? And I'm kind of like that as well. I do believe that not everything has to be a romance. But I also believe that sometimes things should be romances and shows should have romances. But, but this every show has single, lots
1: of romances. And
0: every single episode, Betty is having a different ro- like like ship. And it doesn't feel like a teen discovering themselves and going and seeing a lot of people. Yeah, It feels like a TV show trying to hit every single ship
1: because it's also <laughs> not like sexual exploration yes and they try to frame it as being like well did you know that dr kingsley says that 81 percent of girls will have a same sex encounter before they're 18 this
0: felt like this this felt like the lead up to like a bad porno the there the lines of dialogue make no sense and it's just it felt it just it's it was so weird. It was so weird.
1: And like, I do feel bad. That there have been very few, like, femme femme gay couples that I've been into on this show. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there have been any because the show like somehow doesn't know how to write. Yeah,
0: Because we essentially we've had Cheryl and Tony for most of it. we we had like Betty and Drake for a lot of Oh, I did time. I did actually like Betty and Drake. it it, it still also felt shoehorned. Shoehorned um
1: um there there was like um earlier this season tony had that flirtation with lizzo remember when she was a character
0: i mean yeah, she, Antonio she also al- had the flirtation with peaches I, I think she always has a flirtation with lizzo um I, the only one i would argue i think was felt like natural and felt interesting and felt there was uh molly ringwald andrews and her, oh
1: yes her yeah, army wife yeah
0: it kind of th- that, that didn't really go anywhere but but the thing is that you don't always need something to go anywhere for it to be good representation yeah I it was like.
1: it was like super normalized and that's what i wanted to see yeah and they do do and they uh, do to, do. Uh, to be
0: fair when they do they do normally normalize they normalize them pretty well this one obviously yeah. you have to put some stuff into it because it's the 1950s and it's not something that they're constantly growing up with and thinking about and, um and
1: I, you know and also like i you know we get up in arms about kevin only having storylines about being gay which is true that's yeah. what the show does to him yeah but they do develop Kevin's relationships mostly pretty well.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I I feel like the people that he goes out with, there's, like, stuff behind – There's You know, there's good stuff behind them. Um, but I just uh, – I didn't like this. I, it was I, shoehorny and I, queerbaity. Because, and... because of how bad the dialogue was and how, like, porno the dialogue was, I thought this was going for a joke because they are about to kiss. I'm like, oh, they're going to be interrupted. Um, and I thought it would be funnier, but – there, there's no like well they they had to like make a bigger high for when it drops out yeah. and Smithers and Molly Ringwald and just comes in for it to be like a funny joke. Instead, it's just yeah, parents interrupt you as you're about to kiss, kiss someone. someone. Uh, and I was so confused. What was Because she came in and Smithers was like wow, oh, well look at that you were right. And she's like ha, ah, mother's intuition. I'm like did Molly Ringwald just snitch? Yeah, she told me she narked on the girls to Smithers. But but why? Like what what? what? what triggered that
1: There, she the things oh, were sent to the Pembroke and she was like why are those girls at the Pembroke
0: but, but i do not believe that once again they they're, they're cueing it on oh she was just intuitive enough to figure out that something was potentially wrong here but she didn't even seem to think anything was wrong with the cooper's house and she was near there yeah so the 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 fact that she's right and there's a good outcome to this doesn't change the fact that she did just interfere in someone's life well and she also
1: has no reason to think that veronica shouldn't be in that apartment
0: yeah exactly like like the only thing that would cure off is if veronica had somehow indicated i should not be at my house all she knows is that betty is at
1: and that, they could have so, fixed this so, by having Veronica be like, send the dresses to the
0: Babylonian. Well, I mean, yes, that would have. Yeah, I mean, then maybe, and, and
1: then she's like, the Babylonian, why, why would I send them to your house? I mean, the Pembroke. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, like, yeah, yeah, mine too. Also send mine to the
0: Pembroke. Yes. Like, like, yeah, that that could have been something to show that she is more being off and weird. Because the implication you come from here is that Molly Ringwald Andrews came up, said to Smithers, I'm here to see Betty. Like, she thinks that Betty's not supposed to be. Like, she's angry that Betty is staying at her friend's place. Which, to me, feels like she's doing something for Alice to be like, "Mm, Alice said Veronica is a bad influence on Betty, so I guess I better get Betty out of there so she's not a slut. Like, (laughs) it doesn't cue well on her, even though it does come out well because she learns everything. And she's just going to, like, fix it, I she's guess. She's going to
1: Mama Bear it. But first, Cheryl's going to cry over Julian Blossom's coma body. Yeah,
0: but hey, don't worry. That's not going to linger that long. No, he's, he's, he's awake.
1: And he is bantering really well for someone who was just in a coma.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, hey, I guess you woke up in time. Uh, <laughs>
1: Meanwhile, Molly Ringold Andrews is like, wait, what? Both of your mothers kicked you out of... Said they weren't mothers to you anymore?
0: Yeah, yeah. So she's going to fix everything. Somehow, uh, we catch back on uh, Cheryl overhearing Featherhead and Clifford talking vaguely about like, well, we could get legal action from the mantles. And Clifford's like, nah, I'm not going to do that. And the summary of this is that they're going to buy another boy from Boston.
1: This time it's K.O. Kelly. This K.O.
0: Kelly, because all sports are the same. <laughs> yep.
1: He's a boxer, but he can also be a basketball player. I mean, player. he's a teenager now, so
0: it, it's, it's, it's perfectly fine. And also keep in mind, K.O. is his name.
1: Oh, that's true. Not his name is k
0: dot o oh. dot Kelly. His name's his name's probably like Kevin Orville Kelly. <laughs> uh, so that's fine. but it is funny that they're just like what's another athletic person we know? K.O. Kelly. Reference. Different sport, but it's fine. Every every like, sport guy can play the same sport.
1: These were all football boys before. That's Reg- no. Reggie became the captain of the football team in second but season? Impossible Cliff- to say. Clifford's
0: very happy about this because he's like, hey, well, now we'll bring in this boy from Boston, a, a red-blooded American. I know Reggie is American, but, like, you, uh, you know the kind that American I'm American like us. You, you know what I mean.
1: And that sent me down a spiral because I couldn't remember if K.O. Kelly was of Latin descent.
0: I mean, this pretty much just confirms at least he will look like someone that Clifford could pretend is. It right. doesn't matter if he's actually Hispanic. If Clifford's like, ah, you're paler. It's fine. It's not. Okay. Racism isn't smart.
1: Well, and this is also the dumbest racism because so <laughs> Fangs is a key member of the team. And he, Fangs is.
0: Well, no, but he he doesn't care if most of the team is um is like not white. He doesn't want the ringer to be. Yeah. He doesn't want the face of the team.
1: Well, there's also another Asian guy on the team. Yeah. Wait, I don't know what kind. He specifically
0: doesn't want the face. That's why he picked Archie, because Archie looked a lot like Julian.
1: Maybe people just think it's Julian. Yeah,
0: I mean, he, th- that is the the thing. I know. He,
1: it, Ra- racism in all its type is dumb, no, it, but this it, is it, the dumbest racism. Well,
0: I mean, because racism by its nature doesn't make sense. It's, it's usually irrational. He, he has specifically set, told himself, because he He is conflicted with the fact that he does want the team to win. Yeah. So he can't just kick everyone off the team because he does need... He needs a team. He needs a team. So he is settled on, well, but I just want the best player on the team to at least be white. Uh, And that's what he's doing here. And
1: that's why it was okay that Reggie was on the team before because Julian was on the team. Yeah,
0: because Julian was the captain. He's like, it's fine if Reggie is the one who's like doing all the stuff because everyone will focus on Julian. But now that like... Julian's not there. <clears throat> now that Julian's not there, and
1: Archie gave such a bad speech, and Archie
0: keeps trying to get Reggie to be the captain. Yeah, then he's like, "Oh, we gotta get rid of Reggie now. He's 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 too not white." Uh, Cheryl uh, overhears this though, yes. and this this is also why I don't think they need that scene where Cheryl hates her dad because we already know that Cheryl's anti-racism
1: yeah we heard it we
0: don't we don't need this curbed in with the fact that like also Cheryl's dad threatened her so it makes sense she try to sabotage I'm like no you set up that she just innately doesn't like racism Racism.
1: because our main characters can't be bad
0: last time she heard him doing a racism she also was like "Mm, no I don't like a racism
1: so speaking of uh People not being able to do bad. Molly Ringwald Andrews, I guess, lectured Hermione Lodge on the phone off screen and will now lecture Alice Cooper as Alice rolls her eyes like a teenager. Yeah,
0: the way that Molly Ringwald Andrews will fix everything is to shout at people (laughs) until they become better mothers. And I'm going to say this.
1: It's not gonna work. I don't think
0: it's gonna work. I think it works best for Hermione because Hermione's not actively in Veronica's life, and Veronica just needed a place to stay. Yeah. But but well, just, and
1: I, th- I think Hermione is probably embarrassed. Like, okay, well, don't tell people I kicked my daughter out.
0: Yeah. Um, now that people know. I also think that Hermione also is probably just like, I keep on getting calls from these people. <laughs> I can't stop calling me. I would I would totally imagine from the Hermione we've been set up in this this season to just be like fine she can have the house just stop talking to me
1: (laughs) Alice Cooper on the other hand though rolls her eyes through the entire speech oh yeah does Betty's laundry then it's like yes you're my daughter again so is Ethel (laughs) yes
0: she's still gonna use Ethel to make Betty jealous so I mean hey yeah I guess it's not and also now Betty could legitimately stay at, at Veronica's place yeah Like, she could still do that.
1: (laughs) Betty doesn't actually need a mom.
0: Yeah. Like, she could just spend more and more nights at Veronica's place, which it seems like she might do. Uh, But first, we're going to uh, check in with Cheryl, where she's going to tell Archie about uh, Clifford's plans. And then Archie's going to tell Reggie. And then the team's just going to be like... We're going to make Reggie captain.
1: Yeah. Guess what? Yeah. Power of all the teenagers yeah. working together. Yeah.
0: They, 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 they go to visit Clifford, and they just are sort of like, union at him. They're like, well... Uh, either you make Reggie captain or you don't have a team. And he's like, well, how dare you? I don't like being threatened. We're not threatening you. We're just telling you what's going to happen. Either he's the captain and he stays. Good that they also clarified, also don't bring in K.O. Kelly. (laughs) It's not just about him making him captain for this one game. Because Reggie is like...
1: Reggie finally admits he's like, yeah, I do want to be You know captain.
0: what? I want I want to do what I set set out to do. I want to bring this team to the championships as captain. So I thought they were going to do like a Rudy type thing where it's like you get one and that is the moral victory. But they do seem to when they go to Clifford be like, "Hey." Also, are the championships for basketball in December? Yeah, cuz they're on the road to the championship. I thought this was the champion. No. no, no, you're right. It just it's hyped up a lot, but this is just like the first game they do. Yeah, yeah. So the idea is that this is going towards it. Yeah. Uh, but no, Clifford's like fine. G- <laughs> yeah.
1: To wrap up another one of our storylines, Ethel and Jughead did make a comic book, but they turned that milkman into a mailman. Yeah,
0: that's how you do it. If you're go- if you're gonna talk about something that's like a real world thing, and you're Worried about it being too much like it or anything like that, you just change it. And then you put that little thing at the front where you say, all persons and events in this story are <laughs> coincidental.
1: And Fieldstone's like, Ooh, I think maybe it's close. And they're like, but don't you want to stand up well,
0: for chaos? Well, that's the thing. It is close. But if anyone comes at him, he's like, no, totally different. That's a milkman. This is a mailman. Prove it's the same. And they're like, well, it's obviously. It's like, it's not obvious. It's not obvious. It's a mailman. It's totally different. Delivers Mi- mail. Milkman comes in with milk bottles. Mailman comes in with mail. Different things. I don't
1: see any drawings of bottles he's in this comic same, book.
0: He's got the same hat. Milkman and mailman wear similar hats.
1: Look, it's dark colored now. It's not white.
0: I don't know what you're talking about. Like, this is, <laughs> this is exactly that situation. And so, Fieldstone, he's going to face the storm. He likes it. I'd like it. Stone. He's such a weird, bad boss, but he does come off kind of like a guy who's like, "I own a comic printer. It's a, like a small run, pulp comic printer. It's fly by night because I'm just no- gonna have fun because none of us are businessmen. We're just people who know comics. So yeah, I don't know that you should probably keep people's. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know, supply, like, information quiet from other employees. I didn't
1: know I had to do that. I don't know
0: it's up, but I will I, back my team.
1: Yeah, he cares about his team, doesn't know how to run a business. Well, and
0: and when it when we had that party, he has a lot of people working for him. They're all they're, co- freelancers. They're all freelancers. But, they're, I th- but I think that's a lot of how it happened in the 50s. And yeah. I think now, I think there was an... I don't know too much about comic history. We should have had Dan here. Oh, um, yeah. There's... There's an arc, I believe, in the middle where there was a lot more, like, yeah, you are an employee of this,
1: right? You yeah. write for this comic, book.
0: yeah. Because they were kind of replicating the studio system, where for a while the studio system was like, no, you work for a studio, yeah. You
1: have a contract with and us, you, and you have to, produce and we this put many... you into
0: movies, yeah. Uh, versus now, where it's like you, you,
1: you pitch it, you get hired to do, uh, yeah.
0: Well, you, yeah, you, um,
1: you're a writer at Spider-Man. Well, well,
0: you're cast, and you're kind of a freelancer. We like, we're going to try to get, oh, we want to get, uh, you know. This actor in this movie. We want to get. Uh, I said Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> it's way too old. Catherine Heigel? I was gonna say Kate Blanchett. We want to get Kate Blanchett in this, but she's only, like owned by the studio. Who's like, oh yeah, we'll put Kate Blanchett in this movie because yeah. we own her. Uh, so yeah Felix like is going to back them uh, Betty lays in bed she's looking at her phone she's so sad she guess, wants
1: to talk to Veronica I guess
0: elsewhere Veronica was also looking at her phone but she calls and Betty immediately picks up
1: they have a little split screen conversation about how good friends they are and how much well, they love each other well,
0: maybe we uh, we can just like you know go uh, to have
1: a basketball game together
0: say, having them say I love you when and- we know they are going for a romance felt strong
1: yeah, I just it,
0: it felt like it felt like they wouldn't do that once again with Kevin and Clay. And because, I'm just and, and I th- well, it's yes, so, so um because I think they're relying on the well, women are different. I'm like, yeah. yeah, but you're setting up a romance. I don't care how much you are like, but women are different. I'm like but watching a show is important.
1: And I am and disappointed because Betty and Veronica have not been shown to be friends. <laughs> For, like, six seasons.
0: (laughs) And now that they show them to be friends, they they are instantly... Instantly, like. Well, they have to date. Why
1: why can't they want to call each other in the middle of the night and, like, plan what to wear to a basketball game without it being romantic? Show.
0: Well, because they're speedrunning through the ships for the final season. Um, Going off the things, like, it's... Everything about Riverdale is compounding on older Riverdale stuff. It just also feels like the Veronica Jughead thing, where the second that they had a connection and felt like there was a friendship there, it became a romance. And then when it ended, it ended so hard, they don't talk to each other anymore. Except for that they, one
1: time she needed something from him.
0: Yeah, but they couldn't be friends. No. So remember, the show's really bad with friends. And I don't know, It's it, for me, it's hard to say about this now, because I have seen the pushback against why does everything have to be romantic? And it, it's as with everything, it's nuance. I do think there's a lot of things where they kind of go too hard, Riverdale. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also don't think it's the sort of thing where every single romantic relationship is a flaw. And why did they have, why can't people just be, I don't know. It's a I, lot I, going on right okay, now. But
1: the point is yes. a TV show should have friends and romance. It should. And this show has one of those. <laughs>
0: yeah which except is except
1: for Archie and Reggie
0: That's what I was that's what I was going to do. Yeah. What are you counting? Archie and Reggie. They're the only friends. Oh, you just said one except for Archie and Reggie. So I thought you were saying oh. there was one including them. It doesn't matter. So Reggie has been supported by his team. His folks are going to be there. They're going to go out on the field. The bleachers are in the lines cuz this is a tiny gym, but we're going to move on from that.
1: And this everyone is everyone
0: is watching.
1: Very dramatic there is blue light outlining both reggie and brett weston wallace oh
0: this is classic basketball shot Yes, i've seen this basket this is shot. one
1: tree hill
0: yeah the the we're gonna put a light directly behind them i that i can't count the number of things i've seen that shot specifically for basketball and now i'm wondering where it first came from
1: but uh, there is a voiceover. The voiceover is the radio yep. narrating this teen and, basketball game. And I'm gonna
0: say, wasn't we talked about time, time in shows? This is how you summarize. It's yeah. a fun way of doing it. You're going through the town. You see that everybody, people are stopping at gas sta- at the gas pump to listen to it in the car that they're pumping up. This is such a fun and good way of showing that this town is invested in this game
1: without having to
0: show the entire game because you do not have time. And
1: they do such good character stuff. Like Cheryl does not go to the game. She stays with Julian to listen. Clifford is so mad about this. He doesn't go to the game either. He sits by himself with alcohol listening. He's
0: angry listening. Uh, But you have like all these people listening and in in the end... Boom, they win.
1: Not only do they win, Reggie breaks records for how good he
0: is. (laughs) And they call him Mantle the Magnificent as it's going over Clifford. And he's like, I can never get rid of that Asian boy now. (laughs) Oh no. Oh no. racism. What if I just tell everyone he's white? (laughs) Uh, So uh, as they're at home, Archie is like, hey, Reggie, you're really good. And I want you to have this. And he gives him his dad's Dad's
1: patch. And Reggie's kind of like, no, you, I don't want
0: that. You're my dad now. <laughs> He's like, oh, God, no. Or um, alternatively, look at me. Look at me. You're the captain now.
1: And then Reggie's like, cool. cool. You like to write poems. Maybe you
0: should write some poems about it. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I do like poems. I guess you remembered what happened in class. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. I don't know why you're so weird about it. I was like, I don't know my passion. We, she read out your poem in it's class. It's so obvious. We all know you. We know what you do. Jughead uh,
1: told us you write poems every morning,
0: and then we cue the fact that it's like they were making the script, and then they're like, "Oh shoot, uh, cliffhanger! Episodes, guys. Oh no, cliffhanger!" Um, um, uh, uh, Jughead, but a storm was coming. A storm that would a destroy storm. all I of us. I feel that a storm was coming. I'm like, but what? But what? What, is what? The storm? It's a cue. You just <laughs> this this episode ends. With with Reggie and Archie, wrestling. Play, playfully wrestling as Jughead goes, but bad things are going to happen. <laughs> so, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. Throughout this episode, you find yourself a CW moment. Did
1: I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where logic was so embarrassed by its one true joy, it just had to. Uh, storm into people's rooms and be like I don't want to be the captain Yeah. Um, I did Look I, I have to go with Clifford threatening to kill Cheryl
0: Yeah yeah no I, I agree Th- That scene That scene set up things we already Knew and didn't Go anywhere
1: And like I don't think he needed to threaten To kill his daughter <laughs> To achieve his Trying to get her in line Because she doesn't even get in
0: line yeah, she well she begrudgingly does it and does it once. And not only that, she could have just been upset in that without knowing without us knowing the beforehand thing. She could just be upset and we'd be like, oh, she's upset because her brother's in a coma. Her brother's in a coma and Archie's taking his position, which is something we saw before in this show. Yeah,
1: we saw it in season one. We understand how Cheryl's mind works. And
0: it's not even like it comes up a whole bunch where we um where Cheryl's like like, it, there's no storyline in this episode that's about, hey, maybe basketball season should stop. And maybe Cheryl was right. Or maybe even, like, hey, actually, Clifford was right. And Cheryl's, Cheryl has to decide that, yeah, sometimes even a, a jerk can be right once in a while. Yeah. But instead, they set up this weird dichotomy thing between them to the point that, like, it's not worth talking about. Yeah, but it, it does is, nothing. But it is weird because, once again, Clifford is Right, Cheryl's being weird and selfish. Yeah. to be like, no, everyone should stop yeah. everything immediately because my brother's no in a one coma. else can have fun. No, no one else has anything riding on basketball. Basketball. I, but to be fair to Cheryl, that is very Blossom, as we learned from last episode, where they, where I do believe, I do believe. I, I think I said last episode. I said it was Alice, but I, now I think it's the Blossoms <laughs> that a Blossom died in that whole like original crash and I was like, all right, no more Halloween. Nope. Absolutely not. No more Halloween.
1: Um Kevin, oh, maybe it was Jason. Anyway, did you find a CW moment?
0: Yeah. Um Big Dick Dilton. Yep. So this was a pretty uh, interesting episode. This was
1: a very Riverdale Riverdale episode. <laughs>
0: yeah. Both, like, not a lot happened, but also, like, things are going. Um, I'm excited to see who the speedrun, one <laughs> of the ships we're going <laughs> to speedrun.
1: Oh my God, maybe Moose will come back.
0: We got to hit more ships. Also, I guess <laughs> Dilton keeps getting set up as maybe he's. The, the fact that they keep on showing him makes me feel like, is he the villain again? <laughs> I mean, he's always just hanging around from way back when he was like at the dance thing and got like shunned.
1: Oh yeah, when he went on the date with them.
0: <laughs> yeah, when when he went on the date earlier with them. Um, I mean, I'm glad that guy's getting, getting work. work.
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, things are apace. It's so weird. um. Let us know what you think the storm is. Hit us up on the social media. It's podcast moa podcast moa at Instagram, at Twitter, and at gmail.com. And give us your ratings, reviews, and subscriptions. We need them. Apple Podcast, or your podcaster of choice.
0: And you can uh, check out my books. They're available at KevinWeirBooks.com.
1: And I'm over at aflimsyplan.com. And we
0: will see you next week.
1: What storm is coming?
0: Who was the Milkman?
1: What ship will we speedrun next?
0: Ask us all this and more the next episode of Mystery Outsiders and Abs.
1: A teen drama fan cast?